Hello and welcome to the NFL Blitz. Coming up on today's show, we look ahead to week 7 of the NFL season as two 5-0 teams face off, Russell gets to cook again and I make the claim that Jaguars at Chargers is more interesting than it sounds. We also look back to the Thursday night football as the Eagles lose less than the Giants lose to technically win, we'll explain later. Plus two of his starters for the Dolphins, a super delay and who doesn't like rearview mirrors, that's all coming up on Saturday's NFL Blitz. And welcome to the show today, I hope you're doing well, I hope this podcast finds you in good health as per usual. Remember to go to anchor.fm forward slash NFL Blitz if you want to find where else you can find this podcast. And remember to go to the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com for writing not only about the NFL but about other sports as well, including the weekend watches which are already up. I picked my favourite events from, well yesterday, technically, and the next two days as well actually yeah there is something on sunday and as well as that harry who works on the sports splits has written an article recently about formula one and i've been writing about saint pauli again the best german side and maybe the best side in the world actually definitely the most likable anyway that's a different kind of football let's do this football and on the nfl blitz today it's just will hello Hello, and I can't buy alcohol in this stupid country, which is really annoying, because I could have <laughs> used some last night. I, I can imagine. It It wasn't the, the best game. We'll get on to it later, but... We will. Yeah. I have words. I'm sure you do. I'm sure... Not I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you know, we'll just we'll cut them all out. It'll, it'll probably be several minutes the podcast yeah. has to be cut, but we'll get there eventually. Anyway, yeah. so, on the last episode of the NFL Blitz, after talking about the Miami Dolphins game and how Tua had come in for the last few minutes, I said this. Yeah, this, is, this isn't going to be a thing. I don't think this is like a full benching. It's just, you know, give him some time. Yeah, I'm really not good at this punditry thing, am I? <laughs> You know, I feel like everyone has their own particular hot takes, and more often than not, those hot takes are wrong. But hey, that's half the fun. Yay. I don't even think it was a hot take. It was a perfectly reasonable take. I mean, take. yeah, no, it was It was a pretty reasonable take. A lot of people seem to be surprised, Ryan Fitzpatrick included. Oh, I broke my heart just listening to him yeah. talk about it. So I, I mean, why it's like would the you first do this to good team he's been with. Yeah. <laughs> probably thinking about um, maybe getting to the playoffs for the first time yeah no absolutely and you know i think that as good as Tua is there was not a, a pressing need to put him in the starting lineup it feels like yeah you know wait until the first really bad loss i'd say hmm. or, i yeah, don't know but... maybe maybe Tua has been throwing like 80 yard pinpoint accurate bombs in practice and we'll all have forgotten about the great Ryan Fitzpatrick by, you know, their game against the Rams. But at the same time, it doesn't really feel like that in some ways, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one thing we forgot to talk about last week is that he spent, I believe it was 15 minutes after the game, just sat on the pitch, soaking it all in, which is just really yeah. nice. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely good and, you know... One hopes that his time in the NFL is successful. Yeah, absolutely. A few other stories, especially for Josh, because they've not had like a single good quarterback. The only good quarterback mm. they've had since he started following them only became good when he became the Tennessee quarterback. 
it turns mm, out. That is also true. Yeah, so a couple of other stories before we go into the podcast fully. The NFL have said they are prepared to push the Super Bowl back to March with obviously all the problems the NFL has been facing. This is just a, a smart measure. Yeah, no, and it, it's definitely good, you know. It, uh, where are they holding this year, Tampa Bay? Yes. All right, okay, yeah. So there's no worries about, like, weather or anything, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's good that they're able to do it. Yeah, it's good that they're actually somewhat smartly tackling this issue as well, unlike other leagues MLB. Yep. Yeah, that's, yeah. uh, yeah. Someone who isn't dealing with it smartly is old Al Beckham, who has said that he and COVID have a mutual agreement and COVID would never infect him. Okay, I will that's say... That's not how that COVID sounds like, works. I will say... The reporter who reported that is notorious for taking quotes out of context, and it definitely sounds like this was a joke. I really hope so. I almost I really guarantee so. it is. There are a lot of stupid. This is a man who wears like a multiple hundred thousand dollar watch though on the pitch, so I don't have much faith in him. I mean, how much money is he getting? Lots, but that's still foolish. Yeah. It's like anyone who pays. £15 to watch Premier League football on my telly. I don't care how much you earn, it's stupid. That may be true, but this absolutely sounds like a joke and the reporter has known issues when it comes to taking quotes out of context. Okay, that's fair. I I really hope so. I want to try and be more optimistic in life. And that would help. When I I saw this, I I thought, haha, funny joke, Odell. Um, you know, if it comes out at some point that he legitimately thinks he can stop COVID from entering his body through the force of his mind thoughts, then yes, <laughs> we can all laugh at him. But, you know, until then, I will give him the benefit of the doubt, despite the fact that, you know, the Miami boat trip has ruined us as a franchise. Um, and just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. One man who might not be as smart as old Al if he was joking. That's a very weird way to link him. But on the NBA subreddit, I just want to bring this up somewhere, anywhere. On the NBA subreddit, a part of an ESPN article from 2015 said that when he was a Chicago Bull, Jimmy Butler removed the rearview mirror out of his car as a reminder to never look back. <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, did he at least leave the wing mirrors in? I, I hope so, because you're not... Yeah. No, you are looking, but I don't know what... I, I don't know. Well, you are Surely he has looking to look forward and... Uh, yeah. No, he just has to, like, flip over and actually physically turn his body to look back if he needs to see what's going on behind him. Yeah. Who'd, who'd think he, he needs to see behind you? Well, maybe he had a chauffeur. Oh, that's even I mean, worse. Yeah, no. That's that, demanding that the chauffeur drive like, uh, out of here, mirror. He's like, hey, Jimmy, can you check behind me? I need to merge into the other lane. Oh, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah. Right. Now we've had a good laugh. It might make going through this easier. It uh. won't. New York Giants 21, Philadelphia Eagles 22. We were up by 11 with... Yeah. Uh, with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Oh, I need alcohol, but I can't buy any because America's <laughs> a godforsaken country. 
Oh, so um, it's like 9am there whilst you're recording Yeah, this. that is true. It is It is 9.20 in the it's morning. It's 5 o'clock probably. somewhere, just not here, yeah. not there. Yeah. You know what? It's an appropriate time for something, though. <laughs> yeah, so, this game was... bad. Um... For a real second there, I thought... I thought we had something going for us. You know, Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Vanilla Vic, had a 80-yard uh, run that he decided to trip over. Um, but, you know, a touchdown was scored off the drive anyway, so... fine. Um... But my gosh, it's just so many of the issues that I've been harping on this entire time continue to get worse. You know, Jason Garrett's play calling, once again, you know, he is the king of slants and checkdowns. I mean, it, it was literally like a, tw- a, a first and 20, and we threw an eight-yard, like, checkdown. And it's like, guys, can we not just... Like, on third down as well, on, like, third and long, Mm. we would just throw a check down. And it's like, okay, there is this thing called moving past the sticks and throwing there. And while I realize our wide receiver core is not exactly the epitome of greatness, Mm. we at least have more of our weapons back now than we did last week. Maybe don't try throwing to Evan Engram, because we'll get on to him (laughs) and what I think about him. But... At the same time, oh, gosh, this this was bad. And also, Andrew Thomas, oh, my gosh. We were talking about him being, like, the most pro-ready offensive tackle out of the draft, and he has looked like an absolute joke on the field. He is a turnstile. Oh, my gosh. And this just ties into one of the larger issues with this organization which is we cannot draft and this is entirely on david gettleman you know so this isn't even about who he drafted at what place this is about the actual quality of the people we have drafted over the past four drafts when he took over i think at least was i'm pretty I sure i think he drafted was... saquon at least was that his first so evan ingram was the i think one of the last of the the jerry reese picks so i don't blame that totally on him given but it's still atrocious because you know the giants are just terrible at drafting you know evan ingram again we'll get into him later but just looking at gettleman's history he took saquon barkley at number two which hideously overvalued the ability of a running back, uh, the value of a running back in the draft. You know, I think. Yeah. This Especially was for a team who were rebuilding. I know they didn't think yeah. they were rebuilding, but they were. But they were. And if and if anyone decides to bring up that defensive, like, oh, you know, like the owners said that he should try and draft to win. His job as the general manager was to say, no, are you insane? We can't do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to draft for the rebuild. So his first year, he drafted Saquon Barkley in the first round. The next year, we had three first-round picks. We picked Daniel Jones, who, you know, 
he's not been awful, but he's definitely not been number six overall material. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty safe thing especially, to say. Especially when Josh Allen was still on the board. Not the quarterback, the Jacksonville yes. player. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Dexter Lawrence, who's been okay as a defensive tackle for us. And then DeAndre Baker, who had a bunch of off-season trouble, to put it mildly, and is now no longer on the team and will probably no longer be in the league. Mm. And this year, he drafted Andrew Thomas. We had the first opportunity to draft offensive tackles on the board, and we failed to do it. Of the three who are playing regularly and not injured, he has by far looked like the worst one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He has utterly failed to build our talent through the draft. He has done only reasonably in free agency. And that's about the best thing I could say about his tenure. It has been three years. It took the 49ers that long to go from being trash to the Super Bowl. There is no excuse. David Gettleman should be fired. And next we get on to Evan Ingram, who... Oh, boy. Yeah. This is a bad so- game for him. He's not had a good game this year if we're being honest he had a what would have been basically a game ceiling catch that just deflected off of his fingertips onto the ground on a on a third and seven that gave the ball back to the eagles and allowed them to drive down the field twice for uh the win that was pretty embarrassing He's been responsible for four of Daniel Jones's interceptions this year because he can't catch a ball. Like, I honestly wonder if he dips his hands mm. in cement before the game starts because he is just that incapable of catching what should be routine passes for a, a, a tight end who we picked to be a more receiving tight end because he can't block. And it's it's just ridiculous. And yeah, no, we, we, are, we are a bad team, you know. We, yeah. when it comes down to it, you know, even when we have opportunities to make the drive and win the game, this offense can't come together for the time it would have taken. And if we're being honest, this, this to some extent, now can be put on the, the feet of Joe Judge. And I will say almost entirely because his time management, his clock management... Mm has been so utterly atrocious. You know, he took timeouts when the Eagles were driving downfield, where my thought was, no, let them drive down, let them score, which they did anyway, so we can come back with timeouts and and have more time in the clock to try and get a game-winning drive out of Daniel Jones. Yeah, the other thing for me was for a head coach that came in and everyone when he came in said he's really disciplined and he'll know how to bring discipline to the giants have you seen it i've not no, i've not seen it get if better we're being honest our our penalties on defense especially have been utterly destroying us you know every single time we look like we might make a third round uh, a, a critical third down stop one of us gets called for something stupid and then we end up, yeah. you know, letting them convert. And it's it's just so tiresome, you know? 
Like, this team is not playing to the level that it was capable of, apparently, under under Pat Shermer. Yeah. And, you know, I, I honestly think that it's because of Jason Garrett's play calling, because he was... Because Shermer was able to take, broadly speaking, this same team and scheme things open with it. But, oh my yeah. gosh. This is just depressing. And that's been, the, that's been the theme throughout most of this year. Just because, you know, we've been close in so many games, but we haven't been able to win it. Yeah. I think a few things I want to point out... Um... You talk about Jason Gavitt. I think the problem is, is that when you when you look back to last year, a lot of Daniel Jones's passes were like three step back sort of thing, whereas he's asking him to go five seven sort of, mm-hmm. and then scan the field. It's just not what Daniel Jones can do. He three step back, first target, either that or run. That's what he's good at right now. And if yeah. you, if you want to coach him into becoming a like five step back quarterback, that's absolutely fine. But you need to at least stick with what's what he's actually good at whilst he's only good at that talking about evan ingram i was trying to rattle my brain for giant draft busts and i still cannot name a single first round pick that has been worse for the giants ever not not that i know of anyway daniel jones's pass rating when targeting evan ingram is 35.1 which is by far the worst of any wide receiver or tight end with 20 plus targets so far this season i mean yeah. where do you go from that andrew thomas was the fourth offensive tackle i had listed on my board and i'm not going to say I'm, I'm a draft expert because i'm very much not but he, he seems fourth best out of, a, out of a big four that we were talking about before the year if you include mecky beckton and to be honest i inc- i I don't blame Mecky Beckton so much as I blame the New York Jets. So, I mean, they're probably on a level yeah. playing field, and that says a lot. Yeah. And the, the other thing we haven't mentioned yet, and it would have been funny if the Giants had won, but now it's just another sad thing. Daniel Jones tripping over literally nothing on that 80-yard run. First of all, it's the second longest run by a quarterback, I believe in the last 10 years, the only one beating it was a Marcus Mariota 85-yard run. This was an 80-yard run. Yeah. But it's just... I will say, him tripping over his own feet kind of looked like he was going a bit too fast for his own yeah. body. And just... And I think he was he was checking behind him to, to see if the secondary was there to try and tackle him. Uh, so he could probably, like, brace and hold on to the ball a bit. But I think that kind of, I don't know, that, that yeah. made his body a bit more uncoordinated and he, he just decided to, you know, fall over. The giant subreddit did have um, some fun with it, though, because somebody uploaded it with Titanic music and somebody yeah, else had the, um, like, sniper um, yeah. in front of the screen going boom and sort of bring him down. But, yeah, yeah, not great for Giants. For the Eagles... They're now the favourites to win the NFC East because there is no other side in the At NFC East. Two, and, four, and one. Yeah, baby. And here's the thing: I was thinking about this, and maybe it's because I want to, you know, be more positive with the Giants. But what exactly is the reward for winning the NFC East this year? Because you are going to uh, just get blown out. Draft for, position. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get blown out in the playoffs and just have a much worse draft pick than you would have if you hadn't won the division and had the exact same record. 
So why even bother at this point? Yeah. It's, it's hopeless. Anyway, the New York Giants are 1-6. and six. They're fourth in the NFC East and host Tampa on the Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles are 2-4-1. They're first in the NFC East and host Dallas on the Sunday Night Football. Who decided that should be a primetime game? Uh, well, we Idiots. have a primetime game against the Bucks on Monday yes. next week. Who decided that's going to be a primetime game? People are stupid. Uh, because the NFC East has one of the largest media markets in the world. I don't care. It has Dallas, Philly, Washington, D.C., and New York. The only other one I can think of off the top of my head that compares is the NFC West because of San Francisco and Seattle. Then again, it means anyway. I don't have to watch them. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm complaining. That is also true. Anyway, we are going to go around the room and preview all other games from week 7 of the NFL season. We'll be predicting as we go along and when we come to one team who we think are guaranteed to win, we'll be locking that team up. We can only do this once a week. And I go first this week. And I didn't want to, because it sounds biased. But it's the only game with two 5-0 sides in. And therefore... We're going to go to Pittsburgh Steelers at Tennessee Titans for the first game. So, last week, Derrick Henry finally looked like himself. He was actually making proper football plays and everything. This week, he has a bit of a challenge, though. He's coming up against the second-best rush defense in the league, who are giving up just 66.2 yards per game and just 3.3 yards per carry. That's incredible. Though the loss of Devin Bush is going to be big, more for the pass game than the rush game, but it is quite a big loss. He's out for the season with a torn ACL. Talking about the pass game, Ryan Tannehill, his 2020 starts, 13 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, a 113.5 passer rating. Though he does face a big challenge, the Steelers currently rank 3rd in passer rating allowed at 796 and are one of two teams who have a less than 60% completion rating um, percentage. That's incredible. That's mostly thanks to the pass rush, who lead the league in sacks and pressures. But the Titans do have the best rated O-line, and that's going to mean it's a problem for the Steel Hurting, I think people are now calling them, or Blitzburg, or Steel Curtain 2, Electric Boogaloo. I like Blitzburg. I like Blitzburg, yeah. Uh, the Titans have lost Taylor Lewamba, which is going to be quite big for them. The Titans' past defense, they've struggled in the past, especially against Deshaun Watson. And the Titans are 26th against the run. That's good news for James Conner, who has been doing better this year. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry with over 100 yards in three of his last four games. Whilst Ben Roethlisberger, 11 touchdowns and interception of 109.1 rating, is getting it done through the air. This should be, just looking at the matchup, this should be quite a close game. Yeah, no, I, I think that this is absolutely going to be a close game. I think that we have, you know, King Henry looking to, to smash through the renewed steel curtain uh, or Blitzburg. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very interesting as well to see exactly how these teams stack up. Once again, we are going to be learning a lot from these teams. I think we're going to be, uh, seeing how they play against higher level opponents, you know, cause, uh, you know, uh, Pittsburgh's been doing pretty good recently, and it'll be interesting to see how they go up against a team like the Tennessee Titans, who admittedly did struggle uh, against the Houston Texans last week, but yeah. 
at the same time laid waste to the Buffalo Bills. So I'm not really sure where mm. to put them at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and this game will be an important factor in seeing where they go and, and quite possibly as well helping us to predict how far these Steelers can go in the playoffs because this is another playoff caliber team. Yeah, absolutely. The five... I, I, oh, actually, by the way, before we go any further, you might notice when I go through my rundowns at the end of match reviews, I haven't yet been doing how the team are doing in the conference. And I realised that was a mistake this week, so this is just for the review from the Browns game. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-0, and they're first in the AFC. So nice to say. First in the AFC, first in the AFC North as well, and are travelling to the Titans next week. Anyway, I just wanted to say that, I just wanted to, you know, finally say it in a podcast. It, it feels nice. Yeah. Anyway, this part doesn't feel as nice. The... 5-0 and oh, Pittsburgh Steelers travels for 5-0 and oh, Tennessee Titans. One of these teams is going to lose their 100% record. And I think it's going to be the Steelers. I'm taking a Titans win. I I actually picked the Steelers on this. Oh. And I'm I think that you guys have been a more consistent team overall. No. Uh, well, actually. No, no. Actually, no. I'm going to take the Titans win. I just looked at your schedule again. Yeah, um, it, we've been, been having very, very close performances against bad sides. I mean, that is kind of your modus operandi usually, but yeah, mm. that's you're kind of coming up into a bit of the tougher part of your Well, for the next two games, at least, you're in the tougher part of your yeah. schedule, and then you have Cowboys, Bengals, I Jags. I can't wait for next um, week. But yeah. I forgot we have to play the Cowboys. Uh, I actually think Titans probably Titans. win this one. And Josh is lone wolfing with a Steelers win. If the Steelers lose Josh, it is all your fault. Just want to make that clear. I wonder what the um, Pickham community, which I definitely remembered to do last night, I didn't have said. Uh, 50-50. Literally 50-50. That's, That's great, isn't it? Oh, by the way, if you are a UK fan which most of our listeners seem to be, then all games kicking off an hour earlier this week. The 6 o'clock kickoffs normally are at 5 o'clock. Then we have kickoffs at 8.05 and 8.25 as well. And of course, therefore, the Monday Night Football gets underway at 12.20. Anyway, will you have the next pick? Alrighty then, and my pick is going to be Buccaneers and Raiders. I think that this is going to be a really interesting game. For the one, we have the Buccaneers coming off of a absolute statement win against the Green Bay Packers last week. They embarrassed them utterly on their home field. Um, we saw them, you know, come into Wisconsin, uh, take all of their cheese and piss on the carpet on the way out. Um <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. And they didn't go into funny. Wisconsin. They they played in Tampa. Well, yeah, okay. But, you know, the point being, they they embarrassed the Packers. They didn't score a point after the first quarter. And just in mm. general, this team showed that, hey, we might actually be able to win things. Um, but the Raiders as well just came off of an absolute surprise win against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they've also beaten the uh, Saints 
this year. Um, they managed to handily beat the Raiders. They did lose to the Patriots, but that's when the Patriots still had all of their uh, pieces and were able to practice regularly, which they haven't really been able to over the past few weeks because of COVID issues. Um, and admittedly, they did lose to the Bills. So this, once again, is going to be where we we learn a lot of things about the Raiders and who they are as a team. And hey, are they going to be able to keep this up against what look like some of the top teams in the AFC? Or in this case, the NFC, the NFL in general. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I think so. that this is going to be a very interesting game. So, yeah, as you mentioned, the Bucks defense completely dominated against Rodgers and the Packers, and doing so again would pretty much guarantee victory for me. The Bucks' pass rush is second in sacks. Derek Carr, whilst being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season, 11 touchdowns and interception, a pass rating of 115.9. That, that might be good, it is good, though he has been sacked more this year, and of course, with how good the books are, that could be a problem. Josh Jacobs is not having a good 2020, like the rest of us. He's got just 3.6 yards per carry, great. So, if he keeps that up, he's probably going to struggle against what is the best rush defence in the league, and this is a rush defence that held Aaron Jones too. get this, 1.5 yards per carry quit yeah, that's unfortunate don't even bother at that point ronald jones on the other side he's having a good season 4.9 yards per carry and the raiders rank 23rd in rush defense so yeah this is gonna be a close game if if Derek carr can play like Derek carr has played at points this year then the Raiders have every chance of winning it if the Bucks defense shows up and and does what the Bucks defense does. Then they will probably be favourites. Notice how I didn't even bother to mention Tom Brady in that because for me that side of the ball's less interesting. To be honest, I, I think the is, the Raiders yeah. offense against the Bucks defense is really where this game is at. Yeah. I yeah. think that's uh, absolutely a, a appropriate call. I think that, uh, you know, this Bucks defense is really good. And, you know, uh, Tom Brady's finally getting back some of his higher-end receivers after a couple of them were injured. I think Mike Evans is coming back this week, um, which is always good for, uh, you know, Tampa Tommy. Um, <laughs> I think that this week is going to be a, how well the Raiders can do without what has been a surprisingly okay-ish run game. You know, I yeah. think Derek Carr has been uh, showing that he does have a hell of an arm on him when the time calls. But, you know, this is going to be a very interesting uh, time. Yeah, absolutely. The 4-2 and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to the 3-2 and two Las Vegas Raiders on the Sunday Night Football. I'm taking the Buccaneers win. I'm also going to take the Buccaneers win. And Josh will be joining us by saying a Bucks win as well. Okay, I've got the next pick then, and I am going to go with Seahawks at Cardinals. Kyler Murray completed nine passes last week, and yet that was still enough to beat the Dallas Cowboys, so great. Good. Good for them. The Seahawks okay, that, obviously that... present... That stat kind of ignores the fact that they were also running the ball a lot. But they were yes. running the ball a lot. Kenyon Drake had a real breakout game. And Kyle Murray ran as well for 74 yards. I think Kenyon Drake ran for 162. But anyway, none of this removes a point. 
that the Seahawks present a much bigger challenge defensively than the Dallas Cowboys do. Seventh best rush defense, which isn't great news for Kyler Murray or Kenyon Drake. The Seahawks do give up a lot of yards through the air, but they are seventh in pass rating allowed. And what this points to is the same thing it has pointed to all year and the same thing we've pointed out all year. Which is that teams have to pass against the Seahawks because they're already losing thanks to Russell Wilson. An average pass rate of 129.8. That's incredible. The Seahawks offense, you will be stunned to hear, is first in points scored. 33.8 on average. Arizona did play good defense last week, but as we mentioned on the last show, it's hard to really give Arizona anything from last week, purely because of the fact they were playing the Dallas Cowboys. Who cares? But Kings of a... Pooh Mountain, baby! Well, that's a real good title for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm not a place I, I, to the I'm... Eagles now, but, you know, Cowboys I'm sorry, it might also... Yeah, it might also be tackled by ghosts because, you know, the mm. ghost quarterback yeah. theme in New York seems yeah. to be quite strong. This is going to be... Yeah. I don't know how close it's going to be. It will probably be close. And we've seen the Arizona Cardinals can cause upsets when they beat an actually healthy 49 side in week one of the NFL season, which, I'll be honest, seemed more impressive back then than it does now. But they can play good. It will be an offensive slugfest, one would assume. And honestly, to see Russell Wilson again after a week off, it's just really nice. Yeah, no, you know, it's always nice to see Russell Wilson play. Uh, I am very excited to see how this game plays out. The NFC West is one of the most interesting divisions in football right now. Uh, And, you know, it's always so fun to see the Seahawks play. They just, they're so good. And, you know, depending on how... Those rumors uh, play out. Uh, a certain Antonio Brown might be joining them, so that'll no, be fun. Can we, just, can we just not talk about it? I yeah, I'm surprised you didn't mention don't that. Wanna... But yeah, that's fair. No. Uh, my view is don't because that's a that's a locker room cancer waiting to happen. But yeah, um, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game. We'll, you know, we'll see uh, if Russ can still cook up, uh, hmm. rustle up another hearty batch of victories for the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see how Chris Carson can can be getting on with um, with you know his everything. Uh, he's a really good running back for them. I'd like to see DK Metcalf go in for another couple scores. You know, just this team is really fun to watch. And just to go back to Antonio Brown. I'm pretty sure I can't remember who said it, but apparently when when he got his first contract, his first big contract from the Steelers. One of the other wide receivers, in fact, no, it might have been Heath Miller, I'm not sure, obviously for tight end. It was one of the veterans in the locker room, turned to um, Kevin Colbert and went, you do know you're going to make a monster out of him by giving him yeah. this contract. So I mean, it's, it's not like he's going to get a big contract. Like, they're going to no, sign him for it, vet it's minimum the, with it's a the point. bunch point guarantees. I, I, my point is that he's not, if this is not a new thing, he's always been a diva. And the money just made that worse, but it's gonna be there in Seattle. He's not gonna. I don't think he's a man who can be humbled by experiences. Anyway, yeah, I do hope for his sake that he turns it around, and then I won't be as bitter if I see him hoist a Lombardi. But there's a chance that Bal and Brown could both lift Lombardis without the Steelers, and that would really not be great. 
Yeah. Though I've not really got much of a problem against Le'Veon Bell, but I do think it was absolutely stupid not to set the Steelers off uh, all the way back when. Anyway, the yeah. Seattle Seahawks, who are 5-0, and travel to be 4-2. and Arizona Cardinals, I'm taking a Seahawks win. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Seahawks win on this one. The Cardinals have struggled sometimes in uh, you know games against better opponents. Uh, and while they have gotten a couple of confidence-restoring wins under the belt, they were against one of the top players in the NFC East, which is still kind of bottom of the pack for everyone else, and the New York Jets, yeah. which... Yeah. Yeah. Josh goes to the Seahawks. I was going to do the NFL pick'em stats, so we'll do them as well. Um, 53% going with the Buccaneers to beat the Raiders, and 87% are going with the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals. Okay, 13% are a bit off, but whatever. Anyway, will you have the next pick? Yeah, and my next pick will be, I guess, Bears and Rams. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, this is, um, I have no idea how the Bears are this good. Or, or how they're at their record defense. in general. Also that defense. is true. And also Nick Foles not being awful at quarterback, which is surprising yeah. given his uh, tenure in Jacksonville last year. But, you know. The Bears are just a better team than Jacksonville in general, and doesn't that feel weird to say? Admittedly, they've beat up on some pretty weak opponents so far. Um, they, you know, their first three weeks were Bears, uh, sorry, were Lions, Giants, and Falcons. Um, they did lose to the Colts. They narrowly beat the Buccaneers, which was really interesting. But that I'm just going to attribute to uh, if you beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, you can always beat him in the regular season magic. And then they handled the Panthers pretty uh, easily last week. The Rams, on the other hand, are still in a bit of a strange place, it feels like. They, you know, they have been cleaning up against... They've essentially been stat-padding with wins against the NFC East. They've played every team in the Division once. And, you know, funnily enough, that accounts for all of their wins. So this is going to be one of those games where we see, oh, hey, are the Rams actually improved from last year? Or are they just, tr like, slightly less mediocre trash than the entirety of the NFC East? Yeah, one of my favourite articles after the 49ers game was San Francisco 49ers remind Rams NFC West is an NFC East. Yeah, yeah, and that's Which, about right yeah. if we're being honest. True, true. Yeah, Chuck Pagano has to be given a lot of credit for how he's got the Bears defence back to being the Bears defence. I mentioned earlier that only two teams had held the quarterback to a completion percentage of under 60% this year, one being the Pittsburgh Steelers, the other and the best being the Bears at 57.1%, which is unreal. Holding quarterbacks to an average passer rating as well of 73.5. Javid Goff, therefore, will probably not be happy that he has to take on the Bears. He had a poor game against the 49ers, but he's he's been he's been better this year. Back more to his 2018 self, an average pass rating of 101.4. Daryl Henderson has been okay thus far this year, 4.8 yards per carry. The rush defense is certainly a weakness for Bears. They're still strong at it, but it is their weakness, and so maybe that's the best route to victory for LA. The offense isn't great for the Chicago Bears. 
Nick Foles, he's not been setting the world on fire. He's, he's been, better than Mitch Trubisky. Well, yeah. He's been doing the bare minimum. Okay, the bare mm-hmm. minimum. Yeah, I'm funny. To get victory. And by the way, David Montgomery has all but vanished. 3.1 yards per carry against the Panthers. Quit. Give up. The Rams' rush defense ranks 12th, so great for him. And the Rams' pass defense ranks 4th, and they've got an, what they call an Aaron Donald there, which even better. This will be a low-scoring game. And yeah. the Rams' defense is much better than the Bears' offense, and the Bears' defense is much better than the Rams' offense. So... I, it will be close, it will be low scoring, but if, you, if you're if you a defense fan, this will be the game for you. Yeah, um, you know, I think that this is going to be one of those, yeah, this is gonna, absolutely going to be a defensive slugfest. I think that we're going to see both of these teams just kind of punch it out. Um, this one, yeah, I don't really have much, I, I don't really know how much more I have to say on this, you know? The, yeah. These teams are kind of overperforming where I think they're at personally in my power rankings. And yeah, we'll see how they shake out. Anyway, the 5 and 1 Chicago Bears travel to the 4 and 2 Los Angeles Rams on the Monday Night Football. I'm taking a Rams win. Mm, yeah, um, you know what? No, I'm going to take the Bears win on this one. Josh takes the Bears as well. 78% of the Pickham community going with the Rams. Eh, we'll see. I can't remember. I, Plus, I it's, picked it's time out. to let you back in the race for uh, the pick yeah. thing. I, 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 oh, I wonder what my ranking is because I forgot to do this, the Giants-Eagles game. Uh, 3,862nd. So I'm not the best, it's fair to say. 59 total yeah, points. I don't know how many players play it. I think it's about 10,000, so... Yeah. Again, as long as you can't be replaced by a coin flip, I call that a good day. <laughs> can't remember, sorry, I can't remember who I picked earlier. And it's really bugging me, because I remember thinking, yes, that has to be the team who's going to win. No, I'm taking the Bears. I'm, I'm sure I took the Bears earlier. What? On, depending on falls. I've been getting it done before. Bears win, sure. Also, then I'll be less all disappointed. Right. Maybe. I guess I we're know. all, uh, I guess we're all picking that one. Yeah. I'm still lone wolfing on Titans. Oh, no, I'm not, am I? Josh is lone no. wolfing on Titans. I'm confused. Anyway, we'll go on to my next game then, and I am, um, I'm sure this will not be controversial in any way. I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys to the Washington football team. Why? This game is, is interesting for all the wrong reasons. This, this game is like watching two inept idiots fight in the street. Or watching two drunk Yeah, that was already us on the Thursday the street. Night Football. Yeah. With about the same amount of tripping over your own feet as well <laughs> as it happens. Kyle Allen had a respectable performance against New York Giants. I think he had a pass rating of around 90, which is, you know, it, it's okay. Terry McLaurin played well as well. He didn't get many throws when Alex Smith was the quarterback. Kyle Allen seems to want to throw to him, and he is actually looking like one of the best wide receivers in at least the NFC East. The Dallas defense is really, really, truly abysmal. And this, we talked about in the past how like games are litmus tests to prove how good you are. This is a real litmus test to see just how bad the Dallas Cowboys are, because if Kyle Allen burns them, then 
this defense is truly, truly dreadful. And we went through this on Tuesday as well, or Wednesday, sorry. We went through this on Wednesday as well, that this might be the worst defense in the entire history of the National Football League. And that's truly impressive. It's definitely okay, the worst Are we, are we since... talking about, like, all time, or are we talking yeah, about, really. like... Yeah. Okay. Just out of respect to these athletes, I have to say that they're better than, like, the guys from the 20s. Maybe. Maybe. Who would, like, drink seven beers before starting the game and played without, like, <laughs> mouth guards. So they all had well, smiles, then like, we uh, don't have crumbling a... European castles. Actually, actually no, because the offenses were also bad, so statistically they did better. No. So comparatively, no, they are worse. There, there were a lot of 0-0 zero, zero games back in the day. Yeah, with well, F4 in the opening season of the NFL. I mean, just shut the league down at that point. Anyway, not yeah. the point. It, it's not... It's it, it, it doesn't help. Washington, though, their rush offense is worse in the league. So that's not great. Dallas have the 23rd ranked rush offense, even with Ezekiel Elliott. And they have the worst O-line in the league. They give away the most turnovers, mostly thanks to Ezekiel Elliott. And Andy Dalton even got in the spirit by throwing two interceptions last week. Washington, if there is one strength, and I mentioned the worst O-line in the league for Dallas, if there is one strength for this Washington team, it is the pass rush, who may be one of the best in the league they can get takeaways. They are the second best pass defense, statistically, because of that pass rush, mostly. And, of course, Dallas also went to this game with quite a lot of drama. I know drama, Dallas, who'd have thought? They're always the really sensible, calm and collected team, normally. Where mm. p players have been reaching out to journalists and, t and bitching about ownership behind... Uh, sorry, not ownership, coaching behind their backs. You wouldn't, bitch, you wouldn't dare bitch about De Jerry Jones because he'd find out. So... Dallas come into this in arguably the worst, like, sort of mindset they could. And so, this is not going to be a comfortable game. I don't... This is going to be two teams who are just ineptly fumbling around. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't know what more to say on this one. This is a dumpster fire of a game. I mean, this is, you know, the vaunted Washington D-line with Chase Young included couldn't even get past our O-line repeatedly last week. And our yeah, O-line yeah. is terrible. Y yeah, exactly. Anyway, I remember now I had one hot take. And, um, well, I, I think it's a hot take. The 2-4 and four Dallas Cowboys travel to the 1-5 and five Washington football team. I'm taking a Washington win. Which I never thought I'd say on this podcast. All right, I'm going to take the Cowboys to win on this one. Let's, let's not get too the, frisky here. The worst defense in the league since at least 1954. 1954! Eisenhower was president! <laughs> All right, you know what? Fine, you convince me. I will. I will switch my pick. I just—they're both of these quarterbacks they're are so, so terrible. At it, least I remember Kyle Allen having a good game recently, like last year. Ugh. I honestly don't know if Ron Rivera is able to do this. I mean, just 
Yeah. God, no one really wins on this one. You know no. what? I'm actually going to legitimately do a coin flip on this one. Oh, that's Heads fair. Heads is going to be fair. the Cowboys. And uh, Tails will be the uh, football team. All right, football team it is. Woo! It is my hot take, so... I, I guess. Is Josh I'm willing to go for a hot take. I believe Josh has gone for the Cowboys. I might bully him into yeah. changing his pick. Which I did when he picked Saint, um, Lions over Saints. And look, look how well that worked for him. No, so, anyway, yeah. yeah, Josh goes with the Cowboys. 76% of the pick and community go with the Cowboys as well. But they're wrong, and I'm right, and I know more about football objectively. No, I'm joking. Anyway, will you have the next pick? Alrighty, and my next pick is going to be Packers and Texans. Nice. Yeah, uh, I have to say, this is... Um... This is one of the more interesting games coming up this week. You know, we'll we'll see how the Texans... The, the Texans almost won. Keyword being almost against the Tennessee Titans last week. Um, let's see how they do against the Packers. The Packers are coming off of a pretty humiliating loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are absolutely going to be looking to make a statement win uh, against someone, you know, not in their division. Uh, they really do kind of need to do this because impossibly the bears are somehow challenging them for the division title this year um so you know this is and houston needs to try and salvage whatever they can because they really don't want to turn over they they really don't want to suck hard enough that they give the dolphins a top 10 first round pick this year uh because that is quite possibly going to happen yeah yeah it's it's the same conversation i remember having a conversation last year where there were people saying, look, the Steelers might have a top five pick this year or we'll be giving a top five pick to the Dolphins, but hey, we got Minka out of it. So, you know, it's okay. But that was a legitimate conversation and now it has to be for them as well, surely. Yeah. Do you know what's worse than having to take on Aaron Rodgers, Will? What? Having to take on Aaron Rodgers when he's really, truly mad. Like, this, the last game yeah. is going to make him even more angry. Yeah, that is So, true. that's that's not great. Deshaun Watson's been playing well. David Johnson, not so much. But Watson is still getting sacked far too many times. If uh, yeah, this is their O-line is about as porous as ours. Yeah. But they have talent to bail Actually, no, Deshaun I'm pretty Watson sure they out. have and the Deshaun worst Watson's O-line. better quarterback. I'm pretty sure they have the yeah. worst O-line in the league, statistically. Yeah, but, you know, Deshaun anyway. Watson's better than Daniel Jones, so well, yeah. it, it works out for them. But... This is a good game for Deshaun Watson. Therefore, the Green Bay pass defense is 26th in pass rating allowed with a completion percentage of well over 70%. Actually, no, sorry, it wasn't well over. It was like 70.6. I just couldn't be bothered to write it down. The Texans' pass defense, though, is even worse. They're 31st in pass rating allowed. Tannehill torched them, and now they have to face super, super mad Aaron Rodgers. Good luck. If they score less than 50 points, I think it will actually be quite a surprise. Just judging by how. Yeah. I think he's going to absolutely be enraged. Rogers was sacked far too many times against the Bucks. And this is where the only other good player for the Texans come in, comes into this game. In JJ Watt, I nearly said TJ. <laughs> the Texans are 7th in getting sacks. Aaron Jones, like we mentioned earlier, 1.5 yards per carry last week, but the Texans' rush defense is the worst in the league and gave up literally all of the yards 
to David Canry. So, yeah, good. that's not ideal. Absolutely. Um, you know, this in general is going to be is going to be where the uh, Packers have to to get angry and show that hey, we are actually a good team that deserves to be respected in this league. We're going to stunt on this team that's having some troubles right now to make sure everyone is reminded about where they and us stand. Um, and yeah, there's not really more I can say about about it than that. They need to win, and yeah. they need to win hard. They're going to get mad, and they're not going to make that lemonade. I don't know why I just remembered that out of nowhere, but I did. Play Portal 2 okay. if you haven't. It's great. Anyway, the 4-1 and one Green Bay Packers trot for 1-5 and five Houston Texans. I'm taking a Packers win. Yeah, I'm also going to take that Packers win. This is looking like a revenge-ish win. Not because the Texans disrespected them, but just they kind of need to vent their anger on someone. Yeah. And the Texans are unfortunately next. Josh takes the Packers, and 92% of the Pickham community also take the Packers. Yeah. I'm going to go next, and I am going to take Carolina Panthers at New Orleans Saints. Close battle in the NFC South. Drew Brees, it's getting better, I guess. Michael Thomas is back this week, which is absolutely great news. And hopefully he can come back punching. Oh, oh, that's, that's the wrong word. That's the wrong word. I don't know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, the Carolina pass defense has been doing well. They're sixth in pass rating allowed and first in yards per attempt. The issue is is that they're really bad at completion percentage. They give up a lot of short passes, and Drew Brees likes throwing short passes. So that's not going to be great. Alvin Kamara has been doing okay as a running back. 4.6 yards per carry. Carolina have... For the most part, being poor with their rush defense, so this is a chance for him to improve. The Saints have the sixth best rush defense, but are 29th in pass rating allowed. Teddy Bridgewater needs to be able to capitalize on this against his former team, though maybe his former team know his weaknesses and will be able to adapt to that. I think this is another must win for the Saints because we really, really thought highly of them at the start of the year. And they've just been not very good. Yeah. Uh, they've been losing some pretty critical games that you would have otherwise hoped and expected them to win. Uh, ahem, ahem, Raiders. Uh, mm. And, you know, just in general, it looks like Drew Brees' arm has lost a lot of that zip to it, you know? He's yeah. not exactly placing it with the same force, and he's really struggling to make those deep throws. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that is part of the point of managing a quarterback's decline. But, you know, I, I honestly wonder at some day, like, are we going to see Jameis Squinston return from his LASIK surgery, <laughs> come out and, you know, after after mentoring uh, under the, you know, after marinating in the Saints system to, uh, to do yeah. some interesting things? Or are they just this... going to try and bring out Taysom Hill and make that work? Yeah. This episode of NFL Blitz is brought to you by Jameis Winston. He can see now. <laughs> I just, it boggles my mind so much <laughs> that a couple years into the NFL, he's like, oh yeah, I should probably go get LASIK. I yeah, can't I actually be able see. To see. <laughs> uh. Anyway... The three and three Carolina Panthers travel to the three and two New Orleans Saints. I'm taking the Saints win. Yeah, I am also going to. Mm. Wait, when is Christian McCaffrey coming back? Not this week, I don't think. Oh. 
Yeah, I'll take a close Saints win on this one. Yeah, and Josh will be not joining us, it turns out. He's taking a Panthers win. Uh, this enough. will be close, this will be close. Not according to the Pick'em community, 96% going for the New Orleans Saints, which is a bit extreme for me, but whatever. Yeah. I'm quite surprised they're not more divided. Anyway, will you have the next pick? All right. God, what games are left? Um, 49ers-Patriots. Okie doke. The Patriots have had a pretty bad couple weeks. Um... Yeah, they have a losing record for the one, which is not exactly how they wanted to go. They lost to the Broncos last week, which was pretty embarrassing. Um, and I think just in general are showing that the past few weeks of not being able to practice as much due to the COVID situation with their team has seriously started to hurt them. You know, Cam Newton was back. Not that it helped them much. Uh, you know, of all of the teams to try and maybe trade for Evan Ingram to give us like a fifth or sixth round pick, I, my bet would probably be on the Patriots. The 49ers, however, came back with a pretty huge statement win showing like, hey, no, the Dolphins was not how this season is going to go. Jimmy G is back. You know, a lot of our offense is back. And yeah, we really do have the uh, ability to, to keep this moving. I think that this week is going to be very much one of trying to return to a somewhat dangerous form for the Patriots. And for the 49ers, it is going to be, hey, we are still in the race to win our division. It's not just the Seahawks. It can still also maybe be us. Yeah, and good news for Bill Belichick. He gets to see his favorite quarterback. He gets to see Woo! Jimmy Garoppolo. He loves him. He really anyway. does. It does look like he's recovered from his knee injury, and despite losing, the Patriots held Drew Locke to a pass rating of 34.9, <laughs> despite not being as great as they have been in the past. The rush defence for New England has been quite good, bar being against Philip Lindsay last week. The rush offence for 49ers is usually good, but can struggle, especially if you remember the Dolphins game. The only thing last week, and this is the big problem for the Patriots, the only thing that went well was Cam Newton rushing the ball and Edelman throwing the ball. Cam Newton couldn't throw to save his life. He's got two touchdowns on the year to four interceptions. Meanwhile, the Patriots running back by committee, I think, averaged around two yards per carry if you take Newton out, which is oh, absolutely awful. The 49ers rush defense is 10th. The pass defense is really solid. I think if you're being really generous, you could say the Patriots are going to keep this close. But I, there are a lot of people I've seen picking the Patriots and saying it's going to the Patriots will win this easily. I don't know what they're basing it um, off. Um, no, that's not happening. No. Yeah. It's just not. No. The no. Three and three San Francisco 49ers travel to the two and three New England Patriots. You can probably guess where I'm going. I'm taking a 49ers win. Yeah, I'm also going to take the 49ers win on this one. Anyone who thinks that the it's going to go the other way is... I want some of what you're having because apparently it's the good stuff. <laughs> um, High-quality hallucinatory absinthe. Ah, uh, Josh is going with the 49ers. I really hoped he'd picked Patriots then. Just no. after you'd said all that. You have a Pick'em community, 52% for the Patriots. Why? Oh, God, that's so weird. Uh, that's anyway. Such a bad idea. 
I'm picking next. And maybe it's just because I love Justin Herbert. We are going to Jacksonville at Los Angeles Chargers. Minshew needs to come into this game proving he's a franchise quarterback because he's been dodgy over the last few weeks. Justin Herbert and co, as much as he's been playing well and the Chargers have been playing relatively well, need to start converting it into victories. I know this is like a lost season, but they need to at least show they can do something for me. And um, this is the best game they could have to do that. Herbert is averaging a pass rate of 107.1, which is really good, whilst the Jags are 27th in pass rating allowed, which, and this is true, is not as good. The rush defense is 28th for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we've seen some good performances from the Jaguar, from the Chargers run game. I know they've got no Austin Eckler. Is he back? I don't know if he's back. But regardless, Joshua uh, Kelly, despite that Tampa fumble, has been doing very well. And there's another guy who I now can't remember the name of. Was it Date? No, Davis is Panthers, isn't he? But I still. I think so. 12th best rushing offense in the league at the moment. Even without Austin Eckler, they've been doing relatively well as a result. Gardner Minshew had his worst game against the Lions last week. And the Chargers passed defense, kind of like the Lions, middle of a pack. He needs a much better performance because we we have been bigging him up as a franchise quarterback and saying they don't need Trevor Lawrence. They're not going to get him because they've well, actually okay. won this year. But yeah, no, I I think what he needs to, do to put a bit more nuance on what we were saying. He was saying, "Hey, you're not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but you also shouldn't look at Justin Fields or uh, was it Trey Lance? I think uh, there's some of the other quarterback names not getting flowed in this draft." Yeah. Well, I imagine we'll all start figuring out more around uh, draft time, but I really should start watching more college football. I am in the South, and it is, like, the only thing that matters here. Yeah, but don't give the NCAA money. Things I mean, it's not, not like nice. Big... Yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. I will watch some totally legal uh, and acquired legitimately streams. We all Definitely. love totally legal streams, and yeah. we especially love them when they don't cost £15, Premier League. Yeah, so, I don't know if this is going to be a good game. I don't even know if it's going to be a close game. I just like Justin Herbert, and I want to talk about him. He's great. I like him. I want him to succeed. I root for him now. Just, he's brilliant. Anyway... The 1 and 5 Jacksonville Jaguars travel to the 1 and 4 Los Angeles Chargers. I'm taking a Chargers win. Yeah, I'm also going to take that uh, Chargers win. Justin Herbert's looking like an absolute stud of a pick in defiance to basically everyone's expectations, going to show that punditry actually means nothing when faced with the power of a NFL scouting department that is not named the New York Giants scouting department. <laughs> um yeah. I don't know how you can say punditry means nothing when you've heard my great takes on like tour and many <laughs> other things. And yeah. the NFL picking community going 97% for the Chargers. Josh locks Chargers. Which I think is yeah. it's, it's bold to lock a 114, but I get it. Anyway, you Oh have gosh, the... yeah, I forgot to do my lock. I, uh, I'm such an idiot. Uh, Are my to... locks coming up? Yeah, I, I, my lock came and went without me remembering to say it. Say it now. 
And I will be locking up the Seahawks in this one. I think they are an wow. absolutely stunning team. I think they are going... Look, I have been locking up, like, close games every week. Also, I've been locking the Seahawks relatively frequently. That's been yeah, going pretty well for fair. me so far. So. Uh, my, my lock yeah. is still on the board, and it, it's obvious when you see it. Anyway, you have the final pick. And my last pick... Uh, there's really not much else, is there? Um, no. Chiefs Broncos. Screw Chiefs, it. Broncos. Uh, Patty Mahomes is going to absolutely embarrass what's left of the Broncos. They did get Drew Locke back, but that's not much of a benefit considering that uh, Le'Veon Bell is finally eligible to play, um, which scary. And yeah. Why would you even bother giving it to Patrick Mahomes? Because you have Clyde the Glide and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. What's even scarier is the fact they might actually know how to use him, unlike other teams. Yeah. Unlike Adam Gase. Yeah. I guess the Broncos' defense is okay, but they're coming up against Mahomes and Clyde the Glide and Le'Veon Bell. Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey and all of them. So, good luck luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really have anything else to say on this game because I think it's quite obvious where it's heading. I'm just trying to figure out what these numbers mean at the bottom because they do not correlate to... What could Denver Broncos 2-3-2 possibly mean? God knows. Anyway... (laughs) I I have no idea what I guess they've gone two and three, but what what does t- why is it why has it gone and two on the end? I I don't know. Chiefs five one and two. What what? Anyway. Yeah. The five and one Kansas City Chiefs travel to two and three Denver Broncos. I'm taking a Chiefs win. Yeah, I'm also gonna take the Chiefs win on this one. I don't know anyone who would pick otherwise. Yeah. Okay, let's go into three matches, three minutes, and the first one, Buffalo Bills of the New York Jets. Let's all laugh at the Jets for a bit. Ha 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 ha. They're just great, aren't they? Ha 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 Josh Allen and the Bills have lost two straight now, but, you know, they have a reset game, and Josh Allen really needs this, I think. He's been making... He's not been great in the last two weeks. He's been making bad decisions. Decisions... You wouldn't have expected him to make, considering he was like an MVP candidate two weeks ago. And, yeah, this is a good game to bounce back. He needs it. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, the Jets are always a good game because they donate a free win to another team to help them feel more confident in themselves and get back on their feet. I mean, they really are just generous souls. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I said it, 97% going with the Chargers, 98% going with the Chiefs. This is the biggest margin, 99% going with the Bills. And like I said, I play it a bit safe. I want to know who those Jets homers are. Yeah. I think it might just be that one person, like maybe one person went (laughs) Jets as like a joke or something. And it rounds up to 1% as opposed to rounding it down to nothing, which it should be. I mean, being fair, Pickums is always a thing. The Overwatch League did a thing this year where you could predict the um bracket and if you predicted a entirely correct playoff run bracket um you could win like a hundred thousand dollars one upset at the start of the tournament 
took out 96% of the brackets. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations to the Houston Outlaws. You suck. Yay. It's kind of like Super 6 over here when you have... You have to correctly predict six correct scores. You win a quarter of a million. And you'll have yeah. a goal go in the first minute in which team at bottom of the league have beaten team at top of the... Or are beating team at top of the league and immediately, like, 90% are wiped out because they didn't think they'd score. Yeah. Anyway, the 4-2 and two Buffalo Bills travel to the 0-6 New York Jets. You can guess where this is going. I'm locking Bills. All right. Just for that, I think the Bills might actually lose now because you have <laughs> the history with these obvious locks that end up yeah. kind of biting you in the rear. To be honest, if, if this goes wrong, I won't even be mad because at that point it'll just be hilarious that somebody managed to lose to the New York Jets. That I'll just find it true. funny. And at that point, I will yeah. feel like such a powerful god. I can influence NFL games by locking them. Yeah. And then Ravens being locked for the rest of the year. I couldn't lock Ravens this week. They're not playing. It's no fair. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Sidekick skills kicking in here. I'm going to guess you're going to go with the Bills. Yeah, I'm also going to go for the Bills on this one. I um, think that if they lose, they will deserve all of the mockery and scorn that they receive. Yes. And Josh is also going for the Bills. I haven't looked. I just know. Obviously. Detroit Lions are Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. This is a game that exists. It deserves to be on 1pm on a Sunday. To be honest, I prefer games on 1pm on a Sunday. Yeah. Because I can watch them. And they're also easier to ignore uh, if you're on my end. But, you know. Yay. Yeah. I didn't know this. Apparently, uh, the Falcons have the second Lions? best pass offense and the fourth uh, best offense in the league. Apparently, still, they—I mean, they did beat the Vikings last week, but that's just because yeah. the Vikings are somehow hilariously bad this year. Yeah, but also Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah. He's finally back. He's playing the football. Yay! Yay! We're all happy. I want to see if he's back injured again. I'm not taking. I'm not. I'm not picking Falcons if he's injured. I'm not taking that risk. Oh, questionable. Uh, apparently, their defensive line's kind of screwed over, though. Oh, he's questionable. Calvin Midley's questionable. Yeah. Uh, this has not been updated. Yeah, all right. No, it was updated yesterday. Lions. Yeah. The what, two and three Detroit Lions travel for one and five Atlanta Falcons. I'm taking a Lions win. Yeah, Lions. Though I might opt to change it if I find out that. Hulu Jones is back because I, I'm pretty sure he was the only reason they won um, against yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. And Josh, meanwhile, is going to go with the Falcons. I'm guessing he's not heard the news. And meanwhile, the Pickham community going 76% in the Falcons' favour, which means they've not heard the news huh. either. But again, yeah. the last time I made a decision based, based on injuries, it bit me in the behind. So, that's great. Final game, Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, if the Browns don't win this, this is a full-blown crisis. Again. Yeah, no, this is... this is If they lose this, this is the game where Baker decides to shave his beard three different ways again. Yeah. And the thing is, is that he said, like, this 4-2 and two side never felt more like 0-6. And, and, like, dude, first of all, check your privilege, ask for Jets. And yeah. secondly... 
if if they lose this, how is he going to feel then? Because it won't yeah. feel like 0-7, it'll feel like 0-16. Probably. Yeah. So, That's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. I don't know if Nick Chubb is back this week. Yeah. Oh, Kareem uh, Hunt's questionable. Even better. Oh, lovely. Um, so is Jarvis Landry. Yeah. So, we'll, uh, he's yeah. great. Anyway, the four and two Cleveland Browns travel to the one four and one Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking a Browns win. I'm also going to take the Browns win on this one. And Josh is going to take the Browns as well. And he put yes, Browns next to it, which I mean, it will take even with injuries, yeah. it will take something special for this Browns side to lose to the Bengals. Yeah. Cue me would. playing this clip next week. Yeah. Truly, I don't see any way in which this could go wrong for the Browns. It's an absolute guarantee. This is a borderline lock, to be perfectly honest. I mean, if they lose this, they, they're not going to lose this. So let's face it, zero, zero. And I cannot stress this enough, Will. Zero percent chance they're going to lose. You anyway, don't realize tempting fate helps. this much just means that they actually will win. Yeah, they will. <laughs> no, but I think they're going to win anyway. We positively yeah. jinxed Patrick Bamford once on a beautiful pregame. Oh, so you know, true. I've got, I, I've got previous, in this field. Right. I, I can do things. Anyway, is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up the show? Not particularly. Oh, okay. Um, do we not want to talk about me beating Bayern six 0 on Football Manager? I beat Bayern six 0 on Football Manager. Sorry. Cool. I think I got that <laughs> free from the Epic Game Store. It's the best game in the world. I, don't I also don't know anything about football. That might be a problem. To be honest, if you want me, it would be funny play, to see probably... what moves I make, though. It would be quite funny. Yeah, take over Man United. So at least if you do really badly, I can laugh at the, laugh at you yeah. and them. I mean, All they're Liverpool. already doing badly. Hey. In all fairness, coming back to Daniel Jones, I. I've just found something here from Ian Rappaport. He, you said earlier he might be running too fast for his own good, sort of thing. Apparently, yeah. he reached twenty-one point two three miles an hour. Yep. That if he went true. down my street at home, if he went down my street, he'd he'd be given a speeding ticket because it's twenty <laughs> mile per hour limit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Never mind. You know what? I I slightly forgive him now because he's reaching speeds like that. Vanilla yeah. Vic. Yeah. Vanilla Vic indeed. Yeah. I just, I loved as well. Like, I didn't expect him to get that far, and I don't think he did as well. Mm. Like, like I said, it's like the second longest run in, like, the last ten years. Yeah. Uh, the only one. In fact, it might be the second longest in NFL history now, I think, about it, because 85 for a quarterback is very, yeah. very long. And, like, I remember, yeah. I'm guessing you've seen the Steve Bono video from secret base watch that video as well if you haven't watched secret base they're wonderful anyway they yeah. said his 79 yard one was one of the longest in nfl history and obviously this beat i love how we keep on bigging up secret base when like they are by far more famous than we are yeah yeah give us money yeah please anyway we should probably wrap this up then thanks for coming up on the nfl blitz will uh thank you very much always glad to be on here brilliant and that is all the time we have on the nfl blitz today thank you for listening my thanks go to will for joining me the intro and end music for the nfl blitz was provided by kevin mcleod at incompetech.com 
We're back on Wednesday to review all games from week 7 of the NFL season. Until then, I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good weekend like the best play in NFL history, having a match with one. Goodbye.